0: Hey there, nerdlings. Ash and I just wanted to give you all a quick update and let you know that Crime Time Nerds is going to be going on break for the month of March. But the good news is, is that we've got some really exciting plans for the future of the show. So that just means that we are going to take a quick break while we get that going for you all. And we really hope that you nerdlings will enjoy it. With that said, we're going to release a couple of bonus episodes this month And we will also share some episodes from some of our good podcast friends, just for you guys to check out while we're gone. We will also be back in April, Nerdlings, so we can catch you all later. Hi there, Nerdlings. This is Ash. And this is Matt, And you're listening to Crime Time Nerds, a sister podcast, which is now a member of the Spilled Potion Independent Arts Collective. You can check out all the awesome things the collective is up to, as well as the other fantastically nerdy podcast that we've partnered up with over at SpilledPotion.com.
1: And now, Nerdlings, let's grab our flashlights and join us as we venture down into the dark world of true crime together.
0: But before we get going on tonight's case, we just wanted to play a quick promo for you all that we thought you might enjoy. Take a listen.
1: Hello, Nerdlings. Jason Futch here. And I am the host of From the Vault, a true crime podcast. You can join myself and my co-host Nick Wagler of the Unidentified Wiki every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, as we discuss cold cases from across the nation. We dive into cases involving the missing, the murdered, and the unidentified in hopes that maybe someone will come forward with information. And on occasion... We will follow up with interviews with members of the victim's family, law enforcement professionals, and others who may be relevant to the topics that we discuss. So join us. You can find us, From the Vault, a true crime podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome, nerdlings. It's that time of the week for a new episode of Crime Time Nerds. Today's case is a little different than our usual cases, as it's actually a more recent solved case. But the context of this case is pretty unsettling, so we wanted to cover it as it's one neither of us had actually heard of until more recently.
0: Yeah, this case is definitely unsettling. That's a good word for it. I think mostly it is that way because this case does have to deal with the Wiccan practices, and there's a lot of misinformation regarding pagan religions and beliefs that is out there. And oftentimes, there's this like stigma that these practices are viewed as quote, evil. That's not our belief. That's just the generalization there. When in fact, in our opinion, that's actually quite the opposite. A lot of these practices are very benevolent. I knew a little bit about the practice of Wiccanism. And personally, it has always struck me as pretty peaceful. It doesn't really seem extreme at all. So you know, we don't profess to know too, too much about the religion. But We just wanted to clarify some of the stuff that we researched on the topic, as this case does seem to target the practice in kind of an unfair way, in our opinion, so we just wanted to kind of counteract that a little bit. And just so you all know, Wicca actually has its foundations in the pre-Christian beliefs and practices, which is from Western and Northern Europe. It is more of a Western practice at this point in time, but its faiths and beliefs do stem back thousands of years.
1: Yeah, it's actually a modern take on ancient beliefs that kind of melded nature, magic, and witchcraft together. Mm -hmm. Wiccans believe in the deity known as the goddess and the practice polytheistic worship, which is the worship of multiple gods and goddesses, as well as holding a belief in ethical use of magic. Their core belief being that, quote, if it harm none, do what you will, unquote which honestly seems pretty benign overall.
0: Yeah, I I would totally agree. I mean, I think that's, if it doesn't harm anyone, do what you will, you do you. So I just think there's a lot of fear-mongering put out against religions and cultures that are not considered mainstream. We all know that. And there can be a lot of judgments and labels put on practices that maybe are just not understood. So there can be this negative association placed on religions such as Wicca because other faiths view it as this type of evil practice, but it isn't that at all. I've personally always thought that beliefs of Wiccan and pagan faiths are super interesting. And, you know, they date back long before the Abrahamic religions came into place. I I just think that there's a lot of disinformation out there on religious practices such as Wicca that folks judge it without really understanding what it is or what it's about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is what heavily influenced the case we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, The case almost became more about trying the religion rather than trying the actual murders that took place. So we just wanted to briefly give a better understanding of what the religion actually was. According to Britannica.com, Wiccans' core beliefs are that, quote, Wiccans believe in meditation and participate in rituals throughout the year, celebrating the new and full moon, as well as the vernal equinox, summer solstice, and Halloween, which they call Samhain, unquote. One of the reasons folks tend to fear the practice is because Wiccans do refer to themselves as witches, as it is a part of their core beliefs. This does not, however, mean that they have anything to do with Satanism or the devil, which is often part of the misconception. Their practices are more like that of ancient Egyptians and other polytheistic religions than anything similar to Satanism. One important aspect of pagan beliefs is that of the blue moon, which is a rare phenomenon occurring that will have an additional full moon be visible in the course of a month rather than the normal once a month. The saying, quote, once in a blue moon, is actually because of this phenomenon, as it is a rare sight to see. It's thought that one's magical clarity is stronger during this rare occurrence and that their connection to the divine is stronger during a blue moon. We just wanted to share some information on the actual practice of Wicca, as we do not want anyone to listen to this case and make assumptions on the practice of Wicca as a whole based on this crime that had alleged ties to the faith. We do not feel that this crime, at its core, had anything to do with the actual practices of Wicca or Wiccan's beliefs. Before we get going on our case, though, we just wanted to take a quick second and play a trailer from our good friend Kevin over at the jury room. Definitely go check out his newest episode. You won't be disappointed. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review. So with that said, it's time for us to leave the light, grab our candles, and quietly watch for the blue moon to rise and settle over Pensacola, Florida, on July 31st of 2015. The Smith family was a quiet, unassuming, tight-knit family who lived on Deerfield Drive in Pensacola, Florida, back in 2015. The Smiths were known as reclusive and often didn't have visitors to their home, as they were very private folks. Fonseil Smith was the matriarch of the family. She was 77 years old and was retired. She had worked hard her whole life, and she had raised three children. Her oldest son was Donald Hartung, who she had given birth to as a young teenager, and then her two sons from a later marriage, who also lived with her, John William Smith, who was 49, and Richard Thomas Smith, who was 47. The family often had dinner together each week. Donald would come over every Tuesday evening and have dinner with his mother and his two half-brothers. The family had done well for themselves over the years. Seal had saved her whole life, as had Richard and John, and they lived frugally. The two younger sons lived with Seal as they had felt it was their responsibility to take care of their aging parents. Their father, Richard Sr., had passed away, but Von Seal was still doing well, so they chose to stay living with her to help support her as she grew older. This makes me feel all the feels. It's so sweet, and you know that they sacrificed so much time and so much wants that they had and goals, and it's just so admirable.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I mean, that's a hard decision to make as a family, what's going to work best, and there's always sacrifices in those type of situations, so... Yeah, it's definitely nice to see that they were willing to give up their own goals to take care of their mom.
1: Yeah, and they did it together, which is really sweet, too. It was just one brother taking on the brunt of everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Richard Smith worked in IT for the Department of Homeland Security, and his brother John worked as a longtime employee for the Walmart department store. On the night of July 28, 2015, Donald came over to the family's home as he did every week to have dinner, with his elderly mother and his two half-brothers. This was the last time that the Smith family would be seen alive. Three days later, Richard Smith's colleagues became worried as he had not shown up to work in several days, and it was not like him to not go into the office, as he was always a dedicated worker. Richard's coworkers contacted local police in order to have a welfare check done on July 31st. Police entered the Smith home to find Von Seal, Richard, and John Smith brutally murdered. Police investigators stated that the Smith family, including Von Ciel, had been beaten over the head with a claw hammer, and they all had their throats slit. Unlike John and Von Seal, however, Richard Smith had also been shot in the head, in addition to his throat being slit and being beaten with the claw hammer. It is thought that Richard was shot, and he had been a larger man, and it was thought by investigators that it had taken more force to attack Richard than it had the others. Investigators also noted that the end of Von Seel's little finger had been cut off too, as if someone had chosen to torture the 77-year-old woman. Oh my god, what a monster, this is awful.
0: Yeah, that is a whole different level of despicable. It's a little old lady. Like, come on. Ugh, that that just like, kills me. Kills me. Yeah, that's awful. So gross.
1: One important thing to note is that investigators did not see that anything had been stolen. The Smiths had a safe in the house that was full of money, and yet none of that was missing. Initially, investigators thought the murders may have been related to Richard's job with Homeland Security, but that was quickly put aside as no evidence was apparent of that being the link to the murders. Police began to suspect that the Smiths had been murdered in a way they called a, quote, "...ritualistic fashion," unquote. And it seemed that the family had been murdered on July 28th, which was just three days before a phenomenon... That is known as the blue moon, which, as we said earlier, is when there is two full moons observed in the course of one month. This phenomenon only occurs once every couple of years. The blue moon occurred in 2015 on July 31st, the day that the Smiths' bodies were discovered. Police believe the Smith family murders were ritualistic in nature due to the positioning of the bodies, the blunt force trauma that was exacted on the family members, and due to the fact that the blue moon was occurring within the time frame that the family was murdered. To me, this does not seem like a lot of evidence to point towards that direction. I just want to say that. I don't know what you feel, Matt, but...
0: Yeah, when I was researching this case, I mean, I think they really based it off of the fact that they had already had it in their heads due to some of the stuff that they had found in their like primary suspect's home that this was related, but I genuinely don't think any of that actually had to do with this case.
1: Yeah, that seems uh, like they're raging for straws.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think there was a lot of judgments passed on this pre-actual evidence.
1: Yeah, definitely. The Escambia County Sheriff David Morgan stated that investigators suspected, quote, witchcraft played a role in the triple homicide. Sheriff Morgan was quoted as saying, quote, It's witchcraft. I'll say that right now, unquote. He went on to tell the Pensacola News Journal that, quote, You know, there are different factions of that. While it doesn't bother me to release that particular thing, we most assuredly do not want to defame or demean any particular practice, if you will, unquote. The police noted that the Smith home showed no evidence of a break-in, and again, nothing was taken from the family. Oh man, this is an awful crime. I mean, I cannot believe someone just went in and brutally murdered An entire family just in one go. It's just awful.
0: Yeah, this is a rough one. It's really... uh, Especially when it's an elderly woman. Like, that's just like a whole different level to me. That's so low. I just think it's so strange that the cops like just immediately went to... It's witchcraft, you know? I feel like... Like, you know, we were talking about it earlier. They just really jumped on that bandwagon. And it's funny because they like specifically tried to say like... Oh, well, we don't want to assume anything... But yeah, that's like literally what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. It, it, I, you know, I never could really figure out what it was exactly that made them think that it had to be related to that. Like, I know that the primary suspect was a practitioner, but I really think they just saw that and were like, Yep, it's witchcraft, which is so, so silly. Honestly, it's circumstantial evidence in my opinion. It just seems like they were going for the convenient motivator, which... I don't think was very accurate
1: yeah like almost like they took it and just ran with it
0: yeah exactly like well this seems like the right motive because we don't actually understand what it is yeah that's how I feel and that might be a little judgy but I just I don't know I think that they jumped to conclusions on that one I really do
1: oh yeah definitely
0: Police stated publicly that they did have a person of interest that they were speaking with regarding the murders of the Smith family, and they were very sad that these murders were ritualistic in nature and that the evidence, such as the body's positioning and time of deaths, pointed to the murders being a ritualistic murder. They stated that, quote, Our person of interest has some ties to a faith and or religion that is indicative of that, unquote. Many of the practitioners of Wicca became outraged in that area after the Florida deputies continued to blame, quote, witchcraft for the motives behind the murders. Quote, it's an absurd claim. There was a lot of outrage. There is nothing sinister about what we do. There's nothing evil about what we do, unquote. Reverend E.J. Okor, who led a local coven, told the Daily News. I actually agree on this point. I think it's very clearly stated that the practitioners of Wicca do not believe in harming others. I've never heard it being an issue before. It's like seriously a core practice up there. So I do think it's strange that police immediately took this as motive just because the person of interest they had was a practitioner of the faith. Quote, every incident like this does harm to our community, said Oaklore 40, who heads the heart of Manan Coven in Fernandina Beach, Florida. Quote, "That characteristic is stupendously unfair." Unquote. I completely agree. I think it's very unfair, and it does do a lot of harm because it plants that misinformation seed around and doesn't give them a fair shake. So, I totally agree with that statement. There are more than 400,000 Wiccans in the United States, according to the Washington Post. Those who practice the version of the faith which was founded in England in the 20th century do have rituals that honor the full moon, which includes praying and offering bread and wine and worship of a figurative goddess. Folklore was also quoted as stating that, quote, the Wiccan faith forbids murder as strongly as or more strongly than the Christian faith. The fundamentals of our religion forbid the harming of any person, being or living thing, creature in any way, shape or form, unquote. So police began to piece together the crime scene and motives of their, quote, person of interest, unquote. At the crime scene, investigators had found DNA throughout the scene. They found several cigarette butts that were left on top of a pile of bloody rags that had been used to try and clean up the crime scene. The person of interest that the police had narrowed in on happened to live only three miles away from the Smith house. This person also happened to be the last person that had seen the Smith family alive. That person was in fact, Donald Hartung, Von Seel's eldest son and Richard and John's older half-brother. Three months after the initial murders, police actually arrested Donald Hartung as their primary suspect for the murders of Von Seel, Richard, and John Smith, Donald's immediate family. The DNA that was found at the crime scene had proven to belong to Donald Hartung, which, of note, isn't that strange to find his DNA there. Remember, he was over every other week and he was seemingly close with his family. But the DNA found did show up on those cigarette butts that were actually left on top of the bloody rags, so that's what helped to show police that he actually had possibly been at that crime scene during the murders. Hartung was arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree premeditated murder. And again, one thing of note is that the investigators never did find the actual murder weapons used on the Smith family, nor were there any witnesses to the actual murders that night. Neighbors, however, did state to police that on the night of the murder, they did see Donald Hartung drive away from the Smith home, which isn't unusual in and of itself, as he did come every week for dinner. But on July 28th, he did leave the Smith home much later than normal, and he also drove away with his headlights off. That's a bit suspicious. After Donald Hartung's arrest, one of his co-workers did come forward and they stated that Donald had told them that he, being Donald, would inherit his mother's estate after she had passed away as he was the eldest living heir. It was stated that Donald Hartung was not actually left anything in Von Sill's will as she had left her assets to her two living sons as she hadn't felt that Donald would need the money. It turned out that collectively, the entire Smith family had a total of 900,000 between their accounts that would be left as an inheritance for the remaining heir. That's quite a bit of money. While Donald Hartung was arrested in October of 2015, his case didn't actually go to trial until January of 2020. So really recent. During his trial, Donald Hartung never took the stand. The defense arguments were that Donald loved his family and didn't even know that he wouldn't have inherited any of the money, as he wasn't aware of the contents of the will. The prosecution, however, set out to prove that the motive for Donald Hartung to murder his entire family was absolutely due to money, and that if by killing his whole family, it left the entire estate of 900000 to Donald as the only living heir. Prosecutors used the witness testimony of a fellow inmate that did testify in court that Donald Hartung had confessed to him that he had indeed murdered his entire family and provided the informant information that only the police had access to regarding the crimes. Several of the Smith's family members noted that Donald Hartung did not seem to show any emotions during the funeral for his family or even during the trial. It seemed as if their deaths had not emotionally affected him at all. After hearing evidence for and against Donald Hartung, the jury deliberated for only four hours. Upon returning to the courtroom, they delivered a verdict regarding whether or not Donald Hartung had in fact murdered his family back on July 28th of 2015. The jury found Hartung guilty on all three counts of murder regarding the now dubbed, quote, blue moon murders, unquote. The jury sentenced Donald Hartung to life in prison for the murders of his very own family members, Seal Smith, Richard Smith, and John Smith, back on July 28th of 2015. Whew, man, that case.
1: Yeah, that's a really rough case, and there's so many back and forths, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's a hard one. I I just feel so sad for their family and, and the remaining family members. I mean, at the end of the day, someone murdered a 77-year-old little old lady. Like, that's pretty low. That's a whole level of despicable.
1: Yeah, and the two brothers didn't have any other fingertips cut off either. So no. why, why her, you know?
0: Yeah, one of the things I had read, I didn't put it in here, but um, one of the thoughts was that it was to try and obtain the combination to the safe that was uh, in the house. Yeah, okay. that they were torturing her to try and get it. Hmm. Which, that's like crazy low. Yeah. It's like a, disgusting, but that's just my thoughts on it. I, oh, I'm such on the fence with this one. I go back and forth. Like every other day, it's like I changed my mind on this case. But I think as of today, <laughs> Ash knows I've literally bugged her all uh, for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, today, I, I think he did it. Yesterday, I don't think he did it. You know, <laughs> it's been like that for the last few weeks. So today, I'm back to the I think he did do it. I went back and forth, and I thought maybe the police targeted him because of his faith practice but the more I think about the evidence and stuff it makes more sense that this was a crime about money and he intentionally went after his family about money or in order to inherit money which you know unfortunately happens quite a bit and in this case the whole thing about the Wiccanism just happened to be not really relevant at all that's my thoughts. But at the same time, too, I could see reasonings behind saying he was innocent. Because I do feel that there was some targeting going on based on his faith practice.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, there's a lot of evidence that it was him. Um, yeah. I mean, the cigarette, but his neighbors seeing him leave with his headlights off later than usual. Um, yeah,
0: that's all pretty yeah. damning evidence. And
1: having no remorse, or, like, not even remorse, yeah. but, like, having no emotion at the funerals or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I do agree with you at the fact that the Wicca practice was, uh, yeah. yeah, kind of just thrown in there. I mean, they could have locked him up without that,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. They had enough evidence prior to that. It, it just seems like it became... I think it was pure chance that it happened to fall on the blue moon. I really do. They kept trying to say it was ritualistic, but there wasn't really a lot of evidence to point that way, in my opinion. I think this was purely... That seemed convenient to them, and they used that as the motive, but I think the motive... Really, at the end of the day, it had nothing to do with Wiccanism. I think it had everything to do with the common motive we see in crimes, which is money and personal dynamics within a family. I mean, it happens a lot.
1: Yeah. And the only thing that we don't know, because I mean, I'm sure it's not Mm -hmm. public knowledge, is the positioning of the bodies. Like, we have no idea how that was set up. It could have just been the investigators thought it was weird, but it wasn't as weird, or it was, like, extremely strange, so...
0: Mm -hmm. And and it could have been an intentional thing done by the, in this case, if we're going to assume, you know, Donald's guilt, by Donald in order to throw off investigations, too, so... I don't know. I really think that Wiccanism was just used as a scapegoat in this crime. 100% think that. I think, you know, at the end of the day, this was a guy who was angry at his family, and... It was all about money.
1: Oh, yeah, and I agree with that. And also, I mean, Donald was kind of, like, on the outside because he had two half-brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah, So for sure.
1: the family dynamic
0: would have been another thing as well. Absolutely, and I'd read some stuff about their family dynamic that did put that into question. So, you know, um, it's interesting. And, And no one knows fully what happens behind closed doors. This family was super private, so I think there was a stronger motive than... Ritualism. I, I don't think that that was the motive at all. With that said, sometimes I lean towards maybe he was just a scapegoat because of that. And because the police were so set on it being a ritualistic crime. But, I mean, it, I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird.
1: Yeah, it is. Like I said, they could have gotten him for the murders without that. Um, yeah.
0: Absolutely,
1: But yeah, very strange. I didn't know about this case till you brought it up to me.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's funny. My mom is the one who introduced me to this. I think she had watched a special on it, and I got super hooked into it because so I was like, what? And I'd never heard of this case, so I thought it was a really interesting one. But I don't know. I think that in this case, the police did make a lot of assumptions early on, and, and I think they got lucky that it... Ended up coming out what the true motive was, because I think that that could have actually ended up causing them some serious problems with conviction, too, if they hadn't. So
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: Yeah, so that's a crazy case. It's definitely, I feel sad for their family.
1: Oh, definitely. And thanks, Mama Nerdling, for pointing out this case to us.
0: Yeah, this was a, a different one. We don't usually do self-crimes often, so it's kind of different.
1: Yeah, I think this is actually a,
0: one of the... F- Third? Yeah. two. Yeah, there hasn't been many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> usually ours are unsolved. So once in a while, we'll throw an solved case for y'all. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. And at the end of all this, this case is definitely a strange one, like we just said. It's just awful that the poor Smith family lost their lives in what seems to be a family disagreement over money. I mean, it happens, um, usually not mm-hmm. to this extent, but it's a sad situation and our hearts go out to their family members. And, And with that, we conclude the Blue Moon Killer case, which seemed as if it was a case related to a ritualistic killing and ended up being more about murders over money and disputes. This case will definitely sit with us for a long time, I suspect. And if you liked this episode or any of our others, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast subscriber. You can also hit us up on our Instagram at Crime Time Nerds or check our case notes out at crimetimenerds.com, where we post references and photos of all of our cases. We also have a Twitter account, which is at crimetimenerds, and an email you can reach us at, which is crimetimenerds at gmail.com. Until then, you crime-loving nerds,